Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. Sometimes we want to treat God like a genie. We want him to answer all of our prayers. We want him to do everything that we ask of him. And we don't want any strings attached. And that's not the way it works. We don't use God. God uses us if we let him. We hope you find this message encouraging. Life is a highway. We started working on it several weeks ago. And this all stems out of... um, Back in March, I had an accident sitting at a stoplight, minding my own business, and uh, actually talking to my wife on the phone through the truck, and I look up in the rear view, and here comes the truck, and the guy never hits his brakes, hits me, doing about 50 miles an hour, and so I've, every day since then, I've woke up thinking about that for some reason, mainly because of my back. I ended up with six herniated discs, and so that's been an interesting time. And I'm just waiting on the Lord to completely heal it. But in the meantime, it got me thinking. We are oh so careful about our driving. Nobody plans to have an accident. Fact is, we go way out of our way not to have accidents. We've got all kinds of things built into our vehicles. We've got all kinds of laws, all kinds of signs and traffic things that help us out. We've got stoplights, stop signs, yield signs, you name it uh, in the first... um, one of this series, I named off all the things that we have. We've got the crash avoidance systems and some of the new cars and just a ton of stuff to keep us from having accidents. And so what it amounts to is when we drive, we drive to avoid them. We, don't, we, don't, we work really, really hard at not having accidents, and yet they happen. And it's very, very easy for us to, to think about that. Uh, we wear our seat belts, we watch our speed, we do all those things. But in life, it seems like we live it by accident. We drive on purpose and we avoid accidents, but in our life, sometimes we he- just head right straight into what I would call an accident. We get into wrecks, we make bad decisions, we turn down the wrong way, and ultimately, we talked about this uh, in some of these first sessions on this, But if we make a bad decision about school, okay, we pick the wrong classes, we end up changing our mind about what our major is going to be, and it may cost you a few months and a few hundred dollars. You make a bad decision about what habits you get involved with or who you get involved with in life, and it may cost you years and tens of thousands of dollars. And ultimately, if we make a, a bad decision about our eternal life, It's going to cost us eternity. It's going to cost us forever and countless numbers of of, uh, dollars in our finances. So the thing that we've been working on is life is a highway, so why don't we treat it as such? Sometimes we miss out on the fact that life is a journey. It's not a destination. We are continually traveling in life, and there is no time. I don't know about you, sometimes I get involved more in the destination. If we're going on a trip, it's like we drive like crazy to get there so that we can enjoy the destination. <laughs> Linda May's pointing at Carl. <laughs> and some of you other wives may want to point at your husbands. We just drive like mad to get where we're going so that we can enjoy the destination. But ultimately, our destination is heaven, but we need to stop and be able to enjoy the the drive in life. 
So we've looked at over the last few weeks, and you can pick these up on, uh, you can go to our Facebook page, and those messages will be on there. But we talked about how that we live by accident, and that was the first one. Then the second one is, uh, we got to find out where we're going. That question is, where are we going? If you get in the car, you've got to answer that one, whether you do it audibly, out loud, you've got to think it at the very least, where am I going? Because if you don't know where you're going, you don't know which direction to head into. So you've got to answer the question, which way are you going? And that whole message was about that our direction determines our destination. This one is, are we there yet? And how many of you have ever heard that statement from the back seat or maybe the passenger side? Are we there yet? And so we are, as a society especially, we are hung up on there. We are in love with there. We are, we just can't get enough of there. We say things like, I can't wait to get there. I just want to be there. Oh, don't even go there. How many of you have ever said that? <laughs> then then uh, we, we ask that question, when do we get there? Or are we there yet? And uh, we have a there mentally, okay? Mentally, we all have a there, and it's a desire to be there. But the problem is we're here. How do we get there? And to answer that question properly, you've got to find out what there is. You've got to define what is there. And for different people, that's different things. What is your definition of there? Your there might be, and when I make a certain amount of money, your there might be when I get a certain kind or a certain model of car, your there might be when I get the big house that I've always wanted. Or I get that job. Or I finish school. Or I achieve that, that position that I've been longing for for so long. That could be your there. When I get there, everything's going to be different. When I get there, I'm going to feel like somebody. When I get there, everything's going to be all right. And see, we all, we all have that there. Well, this, this whole thing is going to be a bad English lesson. Uh, Kathy, just go ahead and prepare. When we get that there, <laughs> then all of a sudden we, we feel like we've done something. So we've got to define what there is because we are all about there. We think about there all the time. We plan for there. We look forward to there. But where is that there? And, and the only person that can answer that is you. Because if I went around this room this morning, there's probably about mm, 80 people here this morning. We'd have 81 theirs. Because sometimes we get different theirs in our life. We, it might be there over there family-wise. It might be over there job-wise. It might be over there financially or something. So ultimately, we all have theirs that we think about in our life, whether we would admit to it or not. And the thing that I, I don't want you to miss this morning is that the desire to be there is a God-given one. God expects us to achieve things in life. We're not called to be couch potatoes. We're not called to just sit around and wait on things to happen. fact is, that was one of the biggest problems when Paul was addressing the the church at Thessalonica, they had decided that the, the there that they were looking for was when the Lord was going to come back. 
And they felt like it was going to happen any minute. So what's the point in going to work on Monday morning? Because when we're there, everything's going to be all right. So we're just going to sit back and wait on there. And so they weren't working. They weren't accomplishing anything. And Paul, that's when ultimately Paul comes down and he says, if you don't work, you don't eat. We kind of need some more of that in this day's society. <laughs> Amen. And so the thing is, we, we are called to be achievers. We're called to accomplish something while we're here. So it is a God-given desire to be there, to have there. But sometimes we distort what there really is. Because we, we put our things on it. It's achieving this certain amount. It's doing these certain things. It's being at that certain point in our lives. And ultimately, did you realize that God has a there? And he wants his there to be our there. Now, his there is, is really twofold. Number one, it is that we come to a saving knowledge of him. You know, one of the things that sometimes in, in society, Christianity world, in Christian world, it's election versus us having free will, basically. Are we predestined to be saved or are we not predestined? As, I, as somebody said, he said, I don't know about the, all that, but he said, I keep nominating them and God keeps electing them. So we've got to talk to everybody that we come across. fact is, in John 3, 16, it says that uh, God wasn't, didn't want anybody to perish, but that through his son, whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In, in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, it says that God was not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to that knowledge, that saving knowledge of him and repentance. So in other words, every one of us, God's there for everybody, is that we come to that saving knowledge of him. And, again, not stop there. Because he tells us in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 is one of those refrigerator verses that everybody has. All things work together for good to them that are called to love God and called according to his purpose. But Romans chapter 8, verse 29 is the one that really gives us God's there. And that is that we are called to be like his son, Jesus. That we are called to conform to his likeness. In other words, that somewhere down the line, somebody might accidentally mistake us for Jesus. By our actions, if no other way. So God's there for the believer is that we come to that saving knowledge of him and that we be conformed to the likeness of his son Christ. So that's God's there. But if you notice, there's a big difference between God's there and our there. Sometimes we distort there. We want to be there. And what is that? In God's eyes, it's that we come, become, uh, number one, that we, that we be saved. And number two, that we become like Jesus. So God's there is important. And really and truly, it's all wrapped up in the fact that we, there's two days that ought to stand out in a person's life. And some of you are thinking, yeah, the day we're born and the day we die. No, no, no. 
the two days that ought to stand out in a believer's life is the day that we were born and born again and the day that we figure out why we're here. There's some people that spend their entire life figuring out why they are here. Sometimes we'll ask God, sometimes in the moment of pain, sometimes in that moment that we're in the valley, have you ever said, why am I here? Sometimes it's that existential, you know, why am I here? I think, therefore I am kind of stuff. But sometimes we, uh, we don't really seek that out until we're in pain. Until we're hurt, until we've already got in the wreck and we're sitting there in the ditch with our, our life, our car, and shambles, and we say, God, why am I here? See, I don't know about you, but I think everybody's this way. I'm allergic to pain. Whenever, whenever I went in the hospital, first surgery I've had since I was a kid was whenever I had this hip replaced. And so they're asking me the 20 questions. Actually, it was 120 questions before that surgery. And they said, you're allergic to anything? And I said, pain, real bad. <laughs> and she said, we're going to do our best to keep you out of pain. But anyway, but we're allergic to pain. We don't like it. Nobody likes it. And so it, sometimes that brings us to that thought of why am I here? And God doesn't want it, that to be the catalyst for us to ask the question, why am I here? The catalyst for us to ask that question of why am I here is when we come to the saving knowledge of him and when we realize his there is that we be conformed to the likeness of his son. God, you've placed me here. Why? Why am I here? What is it you want me to accomplish? What is it that you have put in my hands? What is it that you have gifted me with? What is it you have called me to do? While I'm here on this earth for this short period of time. 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years that we're on this earth. That sounds like a long time for some of you younger people. For those of us that are already over 50, it doesn't sound long enough. <laughs> Amen? Because it's going to be over in, a, in the blink of an eye. And if we're at that 50, 60, 70 year mark and we cannot answer that, that question, why am I here? What is it I'm supposed to accomplish? Sometimes we bring ourselves pain and it makes us ask that question, but God wants us to ask way before we ever get to the pain. So we've got to figure out, number one, why God put us here, and, and number two, figure out that we know him and that we're in relationship with him. That'll be the two biggest days of your life. But too often what we do is we treat God like a genie in a lamp. We want to use God to our benefit. God, I, I know you, I'm a born-again believer, and so I shouldn't ever have to go through anything in this life. Bless me. Side note, side story. There was a guy... Walking on, he was walking on a beach in California, kind of pondering his life, wondering how he ended up where he was. And he's walking down the beach, and all of a sudden he sees this Aladdin's lamp laying there in the sand. And he said, this is just crazy. He said, this is just like those movies when they get, you know, pick up the lamp. And he said, he looked around to make sure nobody was watching him. And he said, I just wonder if that's true. So he picks up the lamp, and he gets his shirt tail out, and he, ha, ha. And sure enough, poof, 
out of that lamp comes this cloud of smoke, and it's this genie. And this genie says, what do you want? And he said, no, 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 you're supposed to ask me what my three wishes are. And he said, man, times are tough. He said, the economy's pretty bad for genies. And he said, you get one request. And so it's kind of, well, this is not the way I imagined it being, but okay. He said, I've always wanted to visit Hawaii, but he said, I'm really scared of, of being on a boat and being that far out at, in, in the ocean and everything, and I get seasick really bad. So he said, I would like to be able to drive to Hawaii. And the genie looks at him, and he said, I've already told you that times are tough for genies. And he said, that was, he said, can you imagine? He said, making a, a bridge all the way to white, all the concrete and the steel that that's going to take? No, you cannot have it. And so this guy's like, he's feeling really beat down by now. And so the genie says, ask something else. I'm not giving you that one. And he says, well, this guy says, I've really messed up in life. He said, I, I've had three failed marriages. And he said, uh, I, I just, he said, I just, I don't know what goes wrong. And he says, so I would like to understand women. And that genie says, would you like that bridge two lane or four lane? <laughs> so, <laughs> some of you are getting that little, little delay there. But anyway, sometimes we want to treat God like a genie. We want him to answer all of our prayers. We want him to do everything that we ask of him. And we don't want any strings attached. And that's not the way it works. We don't use God. God uses us if we let him. You have to realize that we are God's workmanship, is what Ephesians says. We are God's creation made for his purpose, made by him for him. And sometimes we want to live our lives like it's my life. It's all about me. But God says, no, 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 you're my creation. You're my handiwork, is what one translation says. You're God's handiwork, created by him and for him. So whenever we get that worldview to realize that we are here, life is precious, life is fragile, life is very, very short, and God has called us to accomplish something in him, then all of a sudden, to me, it changes the whole thing. we got to get busy. we got to figure out why we're here. What is it we're supposed to do? We've got to look around and take an assessment. What is, it he has call, what is it he has gifted me with? What is it he has called me to do? And sometimes when we look around, just like me, and I've shared this uh, 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 enough that you all, uh, like my wife said, she said, don't give your testimony anymore. She said, everybody already knows it. She's, and some people are giving your, your testimony like it was theirs. And I said, well, that's fine. But here's the deal. Being a preacher was the last thing on my radar. I have shared with you, I was so painfully shy growing up and even as an adult. When I first came, came to, to church, I would not sing. The little church that we were in had two, two sections in it. And we said, I said right over there about where Diane is sitting right now, on the second row, second seat. And that little church didn't have 40 people in it most of the time. And they would sing hymns and everything. And I would not sing in the congregation because I was afraid somebody would hear me singing and make fun of me. That's how painfully shy I was. 
I wouldn't ask questions on Sunday night. They'd kind of do a Bible study. I wouldn't ask questions because I, would, I, I felt like somebody would think I was dumb. Now, what does that mean? Number one, that I was an introvert. And number two, I was way too worried about what people thought about me. And through the years, I realized, it took me a couple of years after God saved me to realize that he was calling me into preaching ministry. Again, the last thing I wanted to do, the last thing on my radar was to do that. But all of a sudden, I realized that whenever I started studying my Bible and read it through and and, and that I had a, God had given me a real gift to be able to retain knowledge and retain scriptures and retain the addresses of them and, and be able to apply that to things. And the Holy Spirit got involved in that. And all of a sudden I'd be, I'd be at work and something had happened and that, boy, a scripture jumped into my mind and it's like, wow, this is, this is fantastic. But it wasn't for me. It was for me to use to help other people. And so as I, you know, I, when I surrendered to preach, this was the way I surrendered. I said, God, I feel like you're calling me to preach. And I don't want to. But I'm going to do it because you have called me to do it. And if that's not what you want me to do, would you please just show me? Just tell me because I, th- I think you're that big that if I miss this, you're going to help me straighten it out. And so... I, I was there with my pastor at that time. He was actually the same age that I was. We were born the same year, and uh, he was my pastor, and that was his first pastor. His name was Mark Knight, and he's still pastoring. fact is, he, he pastors Family Worship Center in uh, Hodgsonville, Kentucky. And so I told him whenever I came down here, I said, well, we're pastoring the same church in different towns. So he pastors that church, and, and I converse with him from time to time, but I, I was telling him, I said, I feel like God's calling me to preach. I, I, I don't know because I've never been here before. I'm, I'm me. I've always been me, never been anybody but me. I didn't know what he was supposed to feel like. And so whenever I finally, I just, I mean, and I was, it was snot and tears flying and everything. And I'm like, oh, God, I feel like, you know. Uh, and, and I told him, I said, God, I, I'm going to give, here is my life. Would you accomplish something with it? Would you just do, do whatever it is you want to do? I'm along for the ride. Accomplish your will. And if I've missed it, you'll help me figure it out. And so my pastor was there, and it, it was a Saturday night. We'd been in a, on a men's meeting and came back from eating supper, and I just said, would you pray with me for a minute? We prayed. And so as soon as I prayed that prayer, he was there, and he said, uh, I want you to preach next Sunday night. what next sunday night yep he said you'll be ready oh my goodness you have never you have never seen such a sleepless week in all your life and i i had notes upon notes upon notes and i got up there and maybe preached 12 and a half minutes i mean i had enough notes i felt like i was i I wouldn't have enough time to get through them all and i preached everything i was going to preach in about 12 and a half minutes and the one thing that, that the Lord did was that he confirmed that through me and there was somebody that came to the knowledge of the Lord that night. That just proves that we, if, if we will put forth the effort, God magnifies it. God does something with it. Sometimes we feel like I'll do that whenever I get ready. I'll do that whenever I get, you know, get all the knowledge that I want. I'll, I'll teach a class whenever I feel like I've learned everything or, or I'll give when I get a certain amount of money. And God says, I just want you to start where you're at. 
Not wait till you get there, but start here. Because see, God's there is here. Sometimes we think about there as being way over there. And I talked about a couple of, a couple of Sundays ago that there was a woman, I read this story about it, and it was supposed to be a true story, and that she was just like, she, she said, I remember even being a kid, and she said, I was thinking, boy, grade school's not what I thought it would be. And so I can't wait to get to junior high. And when she got to junior high, well, that's not everything it was cracked up to be. I can't wait to get to high school. Got to high school, this, is, this stinks. This is horrible. I can't wait to get to college. And then it was marriage, and then it was kids, and then it was retirement. And she spent her whole life... And this woman, I was, I was reading this, it was written supposedly by her, that she basically had come to the understanding that she had wasted her whole life wanting to be there instead of being here. And see, God's there is here. Be saved, conform to the likeness of Jesus where you're at. Not wait till you get there, not wait till you accomplish this certain, certain thing. Not wait till you have a, 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 a Bible theology degree. Start where you are. And do what it is that God has called you to do. And for all of us, there's different callings. Mine happened to be that he wanted me to preach. For you, that might be a, teaching a class. It might be helping people. It might be serving people. It might be all kinds of things. All of us are unique, and we are all God's workmanship, his handiwork, and all created and, and called to do different things. It might just be witnessing to somebody. And, and sometimes we wait for that big something, something. I just can't wait to do something. And boy, whenever that lightning bolt strikes, and I'll know when it is, I'll see that sky riding from God in the sky, and, and then I'll know that it's time to do something. But God works through the very ordinary here to accomplish his will and and we don't have to be extraordinary we're extraordinary whenever we do what god's called us to do we'll never be extraordinary waiting on god we're just ordinary and god uses the ordinary to accomplish his will so his his there god's there is here and in this in this christian life we 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 keep waiting we keep sitting around and, and we keep waiting for that burning bush or we keep waiting for, for all these different things to happen and God says, will you just do something? Figure it out, whatever it is that he's called us to do. And again, like I said, uh, sometimes if we take a wrong path, if we do a wrong thing, if we're doing it with a, a, a right heart, if we're doing it, God, I want to serve you and I think this is what you're calling me to do, guess what, if we take a wrong turn, that's what the Holy Spirit is given to us for. As we talked about in, in the scripture that we, we've used all the way through this, he says, and you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way you should go and walk in it, whether it's to the left or to the right. See, we've got we've to yield ourselves to the calling of God. We've got to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit to be able to listen and hear that voice whenever we do something. If God says, no, 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 that's not what I want you to do. Okay, then tell me what to do. And God will tell us. I believe that as much as I believe I'm standing on the top step here. I think God works in us and through us and around us if we will just listen 
for his voice if we will just yield ourselves to what it is he wants to do. And so, ultimately, whatever you're there was. Whatever it was, that, whenever I said that, whether it's getting a certain amount of money, it's getting to a certain point in a, in a job, uh, getting to retirement, getting to a certain car or a certain house or all these kinds of things, we need to give up on that. Why? Because when we get there, it's here. And we weren't happy with here, way over here. You understand what I'm saying? You'll never get there. Because when you get there, it's here. Everybody, this is a proven fact. It doesn't matter. We'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll pick one avenue, money. Everybody, when they are surveyed, will always pick about two levels higher than their income level to say, that's where I would be happy. If somebody makes 25000 a year, they'd say, what, what would make you comfortable financially? Oh, if I could just make 75000 If somebody makes 75000 what would make you happy? Oh, if I could just make 150000 Okay, you make 150000 what would make you happy? If I could just make 300000 a year. If you make 300000 what's going to make you happy? If I could get up there about seven fifty. It'd be fantastic. You make a million dollars a year. What's going to make you happy if I could just make two? Do you understand what I'm saying? When you get there, it becomes here. And you weren't happy with here when you were making 25000 So life is not about the amount of dollars. It's not about the, uh, the, the, the title and a job behind our name. It's not about anything other than we're never going to feel fulfilled and we're never going to feel like we have arrived at there until we use God's there. Be saved, conform to the likeness of his son. That sounds too simple and it sounds too easy, but I'll guarantee you, whenever we use God's there, then all of a sudden when we achieve that, we're going to feel like we have made it there. 